Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Stands, a college football podcast. I'm your host, Cole Miller, and joining me, like he does every single week, my good buddy, Keith Evans. Keith, how are you, man? I'm well. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I hope everybody is ready for the real football season to start. The preseason has gotten out of the way. The SEC is starting to play, so we got the real yes, ball sir. happening now. So we we have a, a good slate of games this weekend, too. Honestly, all the games are good. The SEC games are good. But this is going to be – the weekends are going to start ramping up. I hope everybody's continuing to be safe. I know that we've talked, of course, off the pod about some of the games being postponed, and I, and I know we'll get into that. And, and some of the news as far as coaching, of course, of course, Norvell is going to be out this week after testing positive. So some, some big things happening some very predictable things happening, but we'll get into all that. But yeah, I am excited to have SEC football getting ramped up this weekend. Absolutely. And the, you know, they did not waste any time putting some heavy hitters on the schedule, uh, which we will obviously make our picks here in just a little bit. Uh, But Keith, before we get into the reactions from the games we've seen the previous few weeks of this season so far, I do want to talk a little bit about the news that you alluded to just a minute ago. Um, You know, all in all, it's the COVID's just getting worse. Um, it's very predictable. We've talked about how it doesn't seem as if this is something that is being taken particularly seriously. Um, and the cases just keep mounting up. You, as you alluded to with Norvell, he is going to be missing a game. I don't understand where that puts the rest of his team. Uh, obviously, he's been around them. And I know in the NFL, they're wearing masks some of the time. I know they're having issues keeping coaches wearing masks. So I can't. Heavy fines coming, too. <laughs> yeah, massive fines. And I can't figure out how, if the head coach of a football team has tested positive, that you're just quarantining him. Was everybody else on the roster tested? Are there cases bubbling up? Because this is not really – I mean, it's not I, – I just don't really understand the, the process behind the fact that the head coach, who is around all of the players, not to mention all the other staff, isn't shutting the entire team down. But I know that they're not doing that with other teams as well. We've seen, uh, as of today, Notre Dame has several cases. They're not going to be playing this week. Uh, I know they weren't having practice. Well, how many cases was it, Keith? Was it seven the last I saw? Seven was the number I saw, too, yeah. Yeah, so seven cases uh, of players testing positive. So I, I just don't – I don't really – like, I think they're doing the right thing, obviously. Don't hold practice and cancel the game. But they just this past weekend throttled uh, South Florida team. But – you know, they've been in contact with all those players from the South Florida team, especially the ones that were, you know, playing the game, tackling each other uh, on the field together. They're in the same locker rooms. I know they're obviously separated, but they're at the same stadiums, these types of things. I just don't really understand some of the logic behind what's going on now. Please try to enlighten me. Try to make me understand why this is turning into such a shit show. Uh I wish I could make sense of it. These are things that you and I have talked about even before we, we started back. With and the, Keith, the we're not again, doctors. At all. No, no experts. It's just common sense. These are things, a highly communicable disease. And you're talking about a bunch of people who aren't outside of being bubbled like the NBA. These guys are coming in contact with a lot of other people. 
and you just can't there, – there's no way you can keep this thing from spreading. And I'm honestly surprised that more teams haven't had this issue. I mean, several teams have. We talk about LSU having issues. You got Notre Dame. You got all these – we have Florida State, which I think, I mean, as the head coach, he has to have come in contact with the majority of the team, if not – Right, there's no way. Literally everybody on the team. And I know everybody's not going to be in close proximity, but close enough to where you're like, well, we've got to quarantine – half the team because especially offensively if they're having team meetings or whatever I don't know how it's been handled in-house but I feel like the head coach is having a lot of contact I don't know if he's been asymptomatic or what but it's just it's just really odd and it just feels it feels like nobody's taking this thing seriously anymore but then you're you're having to postpone games and doing all do all this other stuff so it's like is it serious or not? Because if you're not doing more than just postponing the game, then just play it if you feel like that's not the case. But we know that's not the case. And so why aren't stronger methods being taken to make sure that these kids are being safe, staff, and people in the stadium? I know some stadiums, just like here in Oxford, they're allowing a certain percentage of people inside. And so if you're talking about them being in close proximity with family, and then that family goes back home, and it's just right. it's just an endless cycle. And you're just like, where where does this thing end? And I mean, this this football is nothing. This football season is nothing but self serving, and it's just again, it's a it's just a money grab. There's uh, pe- people are saying the decision makers saying, well, well, these kids really want to play and all this other stuff. It's all all this being worried about honestly. Of course, the they line do. They're twenty the year olds. Yeah, yeah, of course. They're right. kids, right? Like you, if right. when we were twenty years old in college, there's no way you could keep us from doing anything, much less you know playing sports if we were athletes, you know. And so, I I just and and like you said, it it, it and you've been saying, so I have to give you credit there. It, it is about money, and it seems that until basically they're just punting it along until shit gets so bad that they right. have to completely cancel the season and they're just hoping that they don't have to get to that point. That kind of has to be the thought process, right? That, that, that's it. I think that's the case, or God forbid you have a player pass away from this thing. I mean, I know there was a case where an athlete somewhere on the West Coast, and I, and I honestly can't remember. I apologize for not remembering, but I feel like somebody did pass from having COVID-type symptoms where COVID – from COVID and so is it going to be a case where it's going to take a big name I feel like that's going to be it. it's going to have to be an LSU player an Alabama player or you know somebody from Ohio State or something before the NCAA to be like okay let's just call this thing and try to get this under wraps but it, it, it just it just seems to be that it, that the over the general consensus is these guys are young healthy athletes and even if they do get it we just have to quarantine postpone their games with these particular players can't come to the facility for two weeks and then they come back and play again. And that's just it. And it's like, well, what if they have underlying health issues or if right. this thing really just has long-term effects or what if it's just attacking? I mean, there's, there's data out there showing that young and healthy people can get really sick from this thing or pass from this thing. So right. the numbers are there and it's just, they're just being ignored. And it's, and it's honestly, it's really frustrating because it's easy to find out this, this information and just make the decision. But, Money is the the ultimate motivation right now, and that's the only thing that's being concerned about, not the health of the students, the students, student athletes, the coaches, staffing, anybody like that.
just everybody in general, just the general public. All right, so that is our uh, our weekly COVID uh, discussion, our our roundtable, if you will. Uh, Keith, in some lighter news, there are actually some headlines. One specifically that I wanted to get your take on. Um, super exciting. You know, we're both uh, originally from Mississippi, the Jackson area, uh, and now Primetime is going to be the head coach of the Jackson State Tigers, man. How do you feel about that? I think it's pretty neat, honestly. I think it's uh, the shot of life a program like that needs. I think it'll get it, – it, it is weird timing, of course, being in a pandemic and, and you got to get people excited about the football program and you want to drive people to the games and to and to campus and all this. But clearly that's not going to be the case. But I, I think it's cool. I think it's a good opportunity for him. I know he's made some moves. I think he joined on a bar stool recently, which kind of has people scratching their heads on that. But that's that's – neither here nor there. I'm not going to dive into that too deeply, but good for him, you know, inject a shot of life. I've always been a high energy guy, a great motivator. I think he can really get these kids to play. And you talk about recruiting. I mean, he can keep, there's a lot of talent in, in the Jackson area. Honestly, there's Absolutely. a lot of kids who can play. You're talking about, you can really recruit heavily in the, in the whole state, just off the name of your head coach alone. And I know that there's a lot of kids going to the, Come in here, of course, to Oxford, going to Starkville to play ball, going to Hattiesburg and Delta Alabama. State and all these other schools, man. But he's going to have these kids thinking twice now and maybe an opportunity to go. And, you know, with him as your head coach now, you're going to be in some more prime time. Excuse my excuse – the, <laughs> excuse the joke there, but some more prime time games, right? You're going to have some games that are going to be televised because he's your coach. People are going to want to see what he can do see if he can have some early success. And I, I, I think it's really neat. I think it's a good opportunity. I hope he does well. I hope he can get a, a program like that and to get him some good, some good press, some notoriety, and, and do some big things for the Jackson, Jackson, the surrounding area. Yeah, I'm super excited about it, man. I think that, you know, just a, a football mind like that, a character that is, you know, absolutely larger than life. I don't know that there is a larger character in the history of football, really, than primetime. And, I, you know, honestly, I just think that it is a, it's great all around. I, I don't know how his coaching chops are, right? Obviously, the dude knows football. Um, so I, I think it could – it's going to be a lot of fun regardless of how it turns out, right? Like you like you said, there are going to be games where you may be able to see him on ESPN doing things like that. So um, I think that's awesome for, the, uh, for Jackson State, uh, and I'm super excited to see how it goes. All right, Keith, uh, I've got a few reactions from this past week that I wanted to get, uh, you know, kind of give to you, see what you have to say about them. I wanted to start with the Miami-Louisville game Holy cow, that was a fun game, Keith. Man, the game was so fun. I I mean, the entire game was exciting. It was a, you know, slugfest. There were times where it looked like either team could have won. I know Miami led a good portion of the game, but it did feel like Louisville could at any point come through and win. The thing was, man, like we talked about on the pick show, Derek King was just exceptional. I mean, he looked like unbelievable. (laughs) He looked like he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country, which is what we've held him to for so long. And being able to see him do that on the big stage was fantastic. And I, I have to say, Miami looks for real. Miami does look really good. They look really athletic on the defensive end, which which has been their strong suit the past few years. I think that. 
yeah. that has kept them competitive in a lot of games or they've lost a lot of close games and because offense couldn't really match what the defense was putting on the field. Honestly, you know, a lot of times you – as a defense, you, you of course you play well and you're amped up for every possession, but sometimes you just get worn out for being on the field so long. And so with the offense not capitalizing on a short field or turnover or just a quick Absolutely. turn out, defense just wears down. And so I think that you have an offense that can actually match that now or something that's extremely comparable. And so this instills a lot of confidence in the defense knowing that, hey, we, we do our job, the offense is going to do their job, and we're going to be a really competitive football team. Of course, their their eyes are on the Clemson Tigers, and, and that's the ultimate game to win. But this is a really good-looking football team so far. They played relatively clean, minimized turnovers. The, the biggest takeaway I know a lot of people were excited about was having a very legitimate kicker. This kid transferred in, Jose Borgales, big-time leg. I mean, he was he was hitting – he was kicking the crap out of football, honestly. He hit a 57-yarder that honestly could have been good from about 62, 63, Shit. if not more. I mean, he was he was really crushing the ball. So I think that's something that, of course, Miami fans who've been Miami fans their entire lives remember wide left with the, with the, with the Florida State game. And so I mm-hmm. think now having a, a kicker that's going to instill some confidence in, in possessions like that I think is going to be a big-time deal for them. So – Miami's a really good-looking team. I know I picked Louisville in that one. I, I didn't I, – I, I knew Miami was a good team. I didn't know if they were going to be able to put it all together by this game. You know, I thought it was going to make, maybe be another week with it. We just – the light bulb just went on with them. But it looks like it's on, and they are – they are dialed in, man. Manny's got the team playing well, so look out for Miami. Definitely, for sure. I think that that is – uh, I think that going forward, they now present a new challenge of being a team that any week could really beat you. And, you know, obviously Clemson is Clemson, so I, I don't expect them to beat them. But, you know, will they have an opportunity? It's possible. And Derek King is good enough to uh, make you pay. All right. I also want to talk about Keith. He, uh, we'll stay in the ACC. I, I don't want to offend any Duke fans out there, but they might be really, really, really bad. Man, that offends me. I was really, I was, I was buying a lot of Duke stock. I mean, I talked about that team winning. Of course, Cut is a great coach and somebody that I thought was really going to be able to. We're going to turn the corner here, right? I think they're one of the teams. I think we probably have a short list of teams. It's like, okay, they're going to make make the next step, and they just didn't didn't look very good at all. I don't know what happened. But that game, I know they were up in, in South Bend. They looked really competitive. And I thought, well, here, here, you know, even though they lost that game, I was like, let's, they're, they're ready or they're going to be ready. And it just didn't happen at all. I mean, they just looked really bad. Wow. Nothing really clicked. I mean, they, they only scored six points against Boston College. Like, that was the game I was just for sure like, oh, Duke's going to go and, and win this game running away. Honestly, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in that Boston College team. And, and while they didn't just look extraordinarily sharp, they just had they were just on the field so much. It just had so many offensive opportunities. They were just like, "We're gonna score this many points. You're gonna leave us on the field like this? Absolutely, we're gonna do this." So, I was I'm very surprised at the outcome so far. I know there's only they've only played two games, but man, they just don't look very sharp at all. The offense just isn't working. Quarterback play is just. It was inconsistent. I actually watched several possessions in that game. It just it, it was inconsistent from series to series. And until they can get that solidified, they're going to continue to struggle offensively. 
And finally, Keith, Marshall upsets App State. I know one that surprised both of us. And not Whoops. only not only did they upset them, they kind of like killed them a little bit. I, it was yep. 17-7 final score. App State did nothing after the first quarter. Uh, not that Marshall did a ton, but they were able to, you know, hold them down and keep them from doing anything. So super shocked about that one. Yes, yeah, same. I, I didn't expect Marshall to – App State is a team that we've both spoken highly of and a team that a lot of play outside of the conference a lot because they feel like they can be competitive with a lot of teams. They've been played several SEC teams here over the past couple of years. But Zach Thomas, the quarterback, just didn't – I mean, he he played well 15 to completions. He had one touchdown, one interception, but wasn't – he wasn't quite as sharp and the offense just wasn't – I don't know, just wasn't very crisp. And, and Marshall was just ready to play. Honestly, that's just the case where just – you can't really make a whole bunch of excuses or say anything other than Marshall was ready and App State wasn't. Matthew McConaughey would be so proud. Now, Keith, let's get to our picks this week. We've got a pretty amazing slate. Uh, we got some SEC games. We got some Big 12 games. But let's start with number 23, Kentucky, at number eight, Auburn. Auburn's currently favored by 10.5 points. Um, and, you know, I think that that is probably – a little bit too much of a point spread. I do want, I do like Auburn to win in this game, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think that Kentucky could be sneaky uh, and hang with them in this game. I, you know, I, I've spoken uh, uh, at length at how I'm not sold on Bo Nick, so I, I don't expect him to be able to throttle a Kentucky defense that I'm sure will be pretty good because it has been the past few years. Um, so give me Auburn, but I'm going to say it's close. I'm going to take Auburn as well, and, and it's and a combination of things. One, I was really big on Bo Nix to start the season, and my confidence faded as each week went on, and I know he – he played well in spots, but he didn't really pan out to be what we thought it was going to be. Just his freshman phenom. Now, does he is he does he still have the ability to play well and turn into the person that everybody thought he was? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about a true true sophomore coming in. But after, of course, following that Oregon game, we thought you know this guy he he he's a gamer. He played. He kept his team in there long enough to win that football game, and so we thought that this was going to be a case where he's just going to progress week to week and just a lot of inconsistent play. But I think that's also to be something to be understood with the true freshman quarterback coming in. So I'm interested to see his progression going into year two and see if he, he just plays better, doesn't force the ball, trust his reads, trust his progressions, maybe takes a check down when he can. But I think this – Auburn is going to win this game, but it's going to be closer than people expected. This Kentucky defense has been playing playing really well here lately the past They're couple of years. I just think the offense just hadn't really matched that energy. I think some people are ready for Terry Wilson to kind of turn the corner, but I think he's just an athlete playing quarterback more so than a quarterback playing quarterback. So while he is somebody who can make some things happen with his feet and he's pretty decent in the pocket, I think overall just the confidence you want to instill in your quarterback just isn't quite there. So I think that he's not going to be able to help them win this football game. But I am very interested in this game. I think it's going to be fun. But I think Auburn eventually is just going to pull away from them because offensively Kentucky's not going to be able to do what they need to do whenever they do get the ball and in a situation where they can take over this game. All right, Keith, so let's stay in the SEC, but let's head to your neck of the woods, buddy. Number five, Florida at Ole Miss. Florida is favored by 14 and a half. Yikes. Um, I – don't think that Ole Miss has any chance of winning this football game. Um, 
two touchdowns seems like a lot. Uh, but when you really dissect how good this Florida defense is going to be, even though they are replacing a couple key figures, C.J. Henderson, a guy that is already looks to be a dominant defensive player in the NFL uh, for the Jaguars, I think that it will be hard to replace guys like that, but I think that they will have enough talent on the roster. They obviously always do. I don't know what to think about Ole Miss yet. Uh, last year was, you know, not a good season, I would say. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin's coming in. Obviously, some weird, crazy things can happen. Uh, but I'm going to take the Gators in this one uh, to get a big win in Oxford, of all places. You know, no, not a full fan. You know, there won't be – a ton of liquored up folks because it is an early game. So I, I'm going to give the Gators the, the, the advantage in this one. 14 and a half seems like a lot when, but I, I think it will probably be somewhere in that realm. Yeah, I, I do too. I think we're talking about an established defense versus a new coming offense right now. The, the, the stars, the, the skill guys who are, are there will be there. Of course you have Corral and John Rice Plumley. You're going to have, you're going to have Elijah Moore back. You're going to have Ely back. So there's a lot of guys you know can move the ball, but you have a first-time coach, head coach coming in for the first time, wants to make some crazy things happen. So he's going to try to, he's going to, try to make this Florida team kind of re, read their keys or miss their keys, move their eyes a little bit and do some crazy things. But you talk about a, a team that is established defensively, knows what they're doing on that side of the ball. And so I think while Ole Miss will have a lot of flash, I don't think they're going to have a lot of substance quite yet. I think the offense will show sparks of life at certain points, but this defense is just going to be too good and too fast for them to really get in a good rhythm as far as game one is concerned. I think it's a very very difficult game for Ole Miss game one, especially with the brand new offense. I think if it was a case where you had an an Arkansas or somebody, even though we know very well the, the crazy games that Arkansas has had, with Ole Miss, especially here, I, the Ole Miss fans turn off your head, headphones or headsets right now with fourth and 25. We were literally in the stadium for that. But <laughs> an offense, a team like that would be better suited for an offense like this, trying to just kind of find their way. Things going to be tough sledding for Ole Miss in some points. But, yeah, give me, give me Florida in this game as well. I think they're going to come in and play well. Of course, Trask is back at quarterback. And so we're going to see them come in. I don't, I'm not going to say dominate. I don't think that's going to be the case. But they're going to be – pretty comfortable when it's all said and done yeah I think that that's the way I'd put it too they are they going to win by 45 points probably not uh but will it ever look like Ole Miss is going to actually win also probably not all right Kansas State at number three Oklahoma Oklahoma is favored by 28 and a half points Keith um you know so far I have been you know, all like as impressed as I could possibly be by Spencer Rattler. Um, obviously, the talent that they've been playing against hasn't been top notch by any means, but his arm looks to be as good as it was billed. Um, he seems to be able to throw it a lot further than even I thought was, you know, I kind of was under the impression that he could. And he hasn't been making a lot of really stupid passes. And I think that that you know, being in the offense that he's in gives him the opportunity to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country because it's so easy to be that at Oklahoma. Um, I think that they are going to absolutely demolish Kansas State. I don't think this game will be even remotely close. Um, I'm thinking like a 35-point game and maybe, maybe even so bad that you turn it off in the first half. 
Yeah, it's not going to be very fun. I think as far as an 11 o'clock kick goes, we're going to be paying more attention to that Ole Miss-Florida game or even the Auburn-Kentucky game. Honestly, this game isn't going to be very fun. It's going to – and it's not going to be very fun, honestly, from the opening kick. I think that Kansas State wants to be competitive. Of course, everybody wants to be competitive, but they're not going to be this, – this is Oklahoma offensively is just going to be too much of them to handle. You come talk about coming off of loss to an App State – excuse me, not an App State, Arkansas State team. They're, they're going to be – they're going to be pretty deflated. And, and while they want to try and come out fast, they're just not going to have that opportunity. I think Oklahoma, especially to get the ball first, they're going to score. They're going to score relatively quickly. And I think you're going to be eight, nine, ten minutes into the first quarter and you're already down to touchdown. It's just going to be going to be tough sledding for Kansas State. So this game is going to be over pretty early. Georgia Southern at ULL. ULL is favored by 13 and a half points, Keith. Um, why don't you go ahead and start on this one? So, I actually really like ULL in this one. Uh, this is a team that actually has looked really good to start the season. At ranked number 19 right now. The offense is moving. Quarterback play has been really good. You talk about a quarterback in Levi Lewis who is – while his numbers just don't jump off the page at you, page at you right now, he, he's taking care of the football. He has three touchdowns and two interceptions, 433 yards already. But the offense just looks good. And they, I think they're going to be able to move the ball against this Georgia Southern team. I think this game will actually be a pretty good bit of fun. I think both teams – this is going to be one of those non-conference games you just – you don't really pay attention to a whole lot. But then you look up you – know, like I said, it's kind of going to be that early game and you, and you look up and other games aren't very funny. Like, man, this, this game is actually pretty – Pretty pretty neat watching two teams that you don't normally watch, and so you're going to be paying attention to it. So, but I'm going to go with ULL. I think this team has come out pretty hot to start the season. They played played Georgia State last game, of course, the team that beat Iowa State to start the season, beat them by 17. And so you're really going to see a team kind of clicking at all cylinders right now. So I'm going to take the Raging Cajuns in this one. Yeah, man, they're they're just good uh, offensively. They move the ball well. Uh, they're, they have some problems on defense that I think the right team could exploit, but the good news for them is Georgia Southern is not that team. They haven't been able to move the ball. They don't, you know, there's not a a queer leader on that offensive side. So I, I don't expect them to be able to hang in this game for too long. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like, I think it could be one of those weird ones that might be a little bit interesting, um, but yeah, give me, give me ULL in this one as well. 13 and a half is, is somewhere in there. I'm going to give it like a 17 point game. All right, let's head to the big 12 Keith, uh, Iowa state at TCU, Iowa state is favored by two. You go first again, my man. I, I really had Iowa state not lost that game to ULL. I would be all in on them. This is a team that we talked about a pretty good bit, especially at home. They defend home extremely well. But this TCU team, first game of the season, I think. I know while Iowa State will be extremely hungry to play this game coming off of a loss to a team they felt like they should have beaten, I think that TCU defensively is just going to be a little bit too much. I know I know this will be their first game, and, and they're going to want to establish themselves early. And so I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring affair. I think it's going to be kind of a dogfight. I'm going to take the Horned Frogs in, a, in another low-scoring game and maybe even a field goal to decide this game late. But I'm going to go TCU. Yeah, I actually am too. That's surprising. I, I, you know, I know earlier in the year 
Uh, you had mentioned a little bit about Iowa State, and I know we both have been high on them. But, yeah, they, they just didn't look very impressive. Uh, obviously, it's just one game. But I think that this TCU squad has enough talent on the roster to, you know, beat this team, especially at home. You know, I, I know it's it's a different kind of home field advantage this year, but it, 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 I think that there's enough talent for them to win it. But what is kind of fun about this game, and I think it will be a really good game, is that these teams are kind of built very similarly. Uh, the things they do well are, you know, they have good defense. The things that they could use a little bit of work on, running the football, those types of things. So uh, I do think it's going to be a, a whole bunch of fun, but give me TCU in this one as well. All right, so let's head back to the SEC. Mississippi State at number six, LSU, defending national champions. LSU is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I think that they probably will kill Mississippi State, um, although, you know, I'm, I'm clearly not sold on what the offense is going to look like. There's been so much turnover at LSU offensively, defensively, coaching staff-wise. So, and, and not even to mention the, you know, the COVID um, outbreaks that they've had, those types of things. So I think LSU is a bit of a wild card. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because not only just last year, they were really good. They tend to have enough, enough talent that they are able to compete. So I'm going to take LSU in this one. I, you know, 16 and a half, I think is too much, especially first game of the season uh, and not knowing really who your guys are. Uh, so give me Mississippi State in the points, but I like LSU to win. Yeah, I, I do too. And I think just, just what you said, as far as rotating in new talent, they were replacing a lot of people, pretty much all their offense, quarterback receivers, you had Jamar Chase opt out. You have, of course, you have uh, Edward Delaire going to the Chiefs and he's doing really well there and so there's a lot of guys who aren't there who were there last year of course in Burrow going to Cincinnati but I think the, the Mike Leach experiment game one is going to be going to be kind of weird it's another one where a, a tough game to open with you talk about the Mississippi schools with brand new head coaches opening with really tough opponents and so I know Mike Leach is a guy who talks about runs a quirky offense and going to have some wrinkles in for LSU but I think again an offense trying to establish itself is just going to be very tough in this environment. I know it's not going to be the Death Valley that we're used to, but still at LSU nonetheless. And so give me the Tigers as well. I think this game will be – it'll be kind of sloppy. You have two offenses that are really trying to get their footing. But I think LSU is just going to have more talent and more scoring to win this game against the Bulldogs. Number 22, Army at number 14, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favored by 14 points. Um, yeah, you go ahead and go first on this one. You know, I'm taking my Bearcats, man. This is a team of I'm course. to win. I'm, I'm going full Bearcats on this one. I'm going I'm, – as a matter of fact, you can put me down for a Bearcats blowout in this game. I think that they're going to – offensively, they're going to get Army off their schedule. And, and anytime a team like Army gets off schedule, it's a really tough, tough thing for them to try to get back into it or climb back into a game or do things they want to do. So I'm going to take Bearcats in this one convincingly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't think Army's very good. Um, just from what I've seen, I'd, I'm not. I'm not impressed. I think Cincinnati is really good. I mm -hmm. love that they've kind of, you know, the past few years they've done a lot of things well offensively. But this year, it really looks like they have put a lot of work into putting a, you know, top half type defense on the field. I think they're really, really good. So give me the Bearcats as well. 
All right, number 16, Tennessee, and – or sorry, number 16, Tennessee at South Carolina. Uh, the Vols are favored by three and a half points. You know, I, we do this every year, Keith. You know, I'm not going to pick since – I'm not going to pick Tennessee. Um, I'm going to pick South Carolina, obviously, plus the three and a half points at home seems like a pretty decent idea. I do think that Tennessee, all, all in all, is a better squad. Um, I'm interested to see what South Carolina is going to be able to do with their defense in order to create pressure on Tennessee. And if they're able to do that, I think that South Carolina is going to be able to win this game. And I also think that they do have that ability to generate that pressure. So, of course, I'm taking my volunteers. And even if they weren't my volunteers, I would still take them in this game. I think that South Carolina is is really inconsistent. I think underneath under Muschamp, people expected a lot more. But he's he's a defensive-minded guy, right? So, I think I feel like when you have a defensive-minded coach, the offense is going to be – is going to look inconsistent. And I feel like that's kind of what is done since he's been there. The defense has been solid while he's there. They play well, but offensively, each possession to the next, you don't really know what you're going to get with that team. And so, and you have a quarterback in Colin Hill who's actually taking, was named the starter, a guy who was not the starter last year, transferred in. And so we have a new, a new starter coming in. You have Tennessee. While Garantano isn't, he, he's, he is the established starter. He's, yeah, he, he's working on his masters, apparently. I mean, this is a guy who's been at Tennessee. It feels like you talk about when you talk about old. I think he's got tenure Wayne, at this Wayne point. Wayne Madkin, yeah, he's he's a professor, I think, actually. And so he, a guy who is established, has played a lot of SEC ball. He's going to have a dynamic backfield. He's going to have some playmakers at receivers. So I think that this team is going to be ready to play. I, I, I do like the points. I think that Tennessee may be able to win this by a little bit more. I won't say double digits, but I think that this team especially Rob Nahai towards the end of last season, winning that bowl game and comeback fashion. I think they're going to have a lot of confidence and a lot of juice and be really ready to play this game. So give me Tennessee to win on the road to open the season. All right. Last two games we're going to talk about both ACC matchups. First one I want to see uh, Florida state at number 12, Miami, Miami minus 11 points. Um, I, so we've talked about Miami already, uh, and how much we like them. I expect them to continue to do that this week against Florida state for a number of reasons. I think that they are a better team all in all. I love De'Ara King, obviously, but you know, not having a coach, not really knowing what's going to come later in the week, you know, we're still very early in the week. So who knows what that means for other players on the team, that sort of thing. So give me Miami in this one. Um, and I think that it could get kind of ugly. I don't know that it will, but I think it is possible. I think it will. I think this game is going to get ugly relatively soon. Or even if it does, if there's a case where Florida State does manage to keep this close, I think that if it comes down to a coaching decision or something where it's like, make this play call, don't make this play call, fourth down play, and you, you go for it or whatever, I think that this is going to be a case where the, not having your head coach is actually going to rear its head early and often. But this this Miami team is just really hot right now, and I, I just I honestly wouldn't want to be in their way. I think this is a team – like I said, they I wouldn't expect them to have their footing just yet, but they have it, and they're ready. So, look, Derek King hot. We know what this guy can do. We saw him at Houston do it all over the place. You saw him against Oklahoma play extremely well, and so he's used to – 
to the big games and big stage, big opponents. And so I think he's going to be extremely amped up for this game coming off his last game's performance. And finally, Keith, North Carolina State at number 20, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, seven-point favorite. Um, I'm going to take Virginia Tech in this one. Big, 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 even though I know I picked North Carolina State last week. I thought that they did a few things well. I think Virginia Tech will probably kill them in this game. Yeah, I'm going to go Virginia Tech as well. While North Carolina State did look pretty good their first game, not good enough for me to say that they're going to take this one. While I do like the Wake team that North Carolina State beat in a very close game as a three-point game, and it was a game decided late, I think that this is going to be a completely different opponent. So give me Virginia Tech to win this game relatively easily. All right, Keith, that is all we got for picks this week. What final thoughts do you have for us going into the weekend? Just excited to have SEC play going. I think this yeah, is me going to too, be man. a very fun weekend. All the, game, all the games all around are going to be very good, but especially – I'm. This, this slate of SEC games is going to be extremely, extremely dope. So I'm ready for this to go, get going. I hope everybody continues to be safe, do your part, wear your mask, stay distance. People who are sick, get healthy, get well soon. I hope that this isn't all in vain. I hope that somewhere we can get this thing wrapped up so we can get back to some kind of room. But until then, do everybody do your part, stay safe, and enjoy some football games this weekend. Absolutely, and we've got a great slate of them. We will be back to you next week, obviously, to make picks. Uh, Everybody, thank you so much for listening to From the Stands, a college football podcast. We will talk to you soon.